Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? I'm good, Adam. How are you? I'm doing well. Been a while? Been a week? Been a, yeah, it, it is literally, it's been about a week, maybe it's eight been, days. It's been about nine days. It's been about nine days. Oh, yeah, they all, they all blend together. Well, people will hear this tomorrow. So yeah, it'll be 10 days. It'll be 10 days. It's 8 o'clock on Wednesday and you'll hear this on Thursday. So it's been 10 days. 10 days of relative inactivity. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird time because, you know, football is still happening, but for fantasy, football is not happening. No, and, and we've just, we, we just have life, life going on. And I, I can't be fucked to do three podcasts in a week. I, I just can't do it for, for Basement Talk Podcast. I, I, I love, love this, this channel. I love this platform. But during the offseason, when there are other things that are going on that are not fantasy related, I'm very sorry. I cannot be asked to do three podcasts on fantasy football uh, a week. I, I cannot do it. It is impossible. My brain cannot handle it. I will just be repeating myself in a vicious cycle and it'll be like a whirlpool of death until my head inevitably explodes into a fireball. Well, I was going to say we can, sometimes we can barely have enough content for one podcast a week. During the off season. During the off season. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. I think you're talking about, I think you're talking about just generally, I was going to say, Adam, are you out of your mind? <laughs> During the season, I feel like we don't do enough. During the off season, I feel like we do more than enough. <laughs> that is very accurate. <laughs> that is almost too accurate. Oh man! Well, you, you good otherwise? It's been a, it's been a good week. Yes, it has been a a solid week. I do have one quick question for you. Okay. My question is: Why are you so pissy? Well, would you like would you like a facetious answer or would you like a real answer? I want you to give me two answers and I want to guess which one is which. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys called a QB draw with 14 seconds to go in a playoff game when they had no timeouts left and decided to run into the middle of the field. That's something. That's something that I thought I would never see in my life. Um yeah, did I say Super Bowl get your tickets? Yeah, I meant Puppy Bowl. Puppy Bowl, get get your tickets. Get your tickets for the Puppy Bowl. Lo- love the Puppy Bowl. Great, great, great thing. Great thing. I'll probably watch more of the Puppy Bowl than the Super Bowl. Um, and uh, and 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 uh, why why else am I pissed? Why else am I pissy today? Uh, normally I have something that I could just really rip off and, and say why I'm pissy. I'm, I'm having actually a very very pleasant pleasant day. Very pleasant day. The sun is still in the sky. It's somewhat warm. We're going to get sloshed tonight, which fucking sucks. So, yeah, the weather. Fuck the weather. And, and in, the word, in the word of a poet, one Sir Jesse Lingard, <clears throat> the weather, the weather. No, 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 no. The weather, <laughs> the weather. That's a great impression. Well, I think that if I I'm ask very you, I'm very good at I am very good at impressions. As my as my colleague, as my two colleagues, my two close companions, Jimmy Carragher and Stephen Gerrard can uh, can confirm. I mean, Stephen Gerrard, oh my goodness, off to a blinder at Aston Villa. Oh, we'll have to get him on the podcast sometime and I'll have to ask him about it. Well, yeah, he's going to resurrect the career of Philippe Coutinho and Luis Suarez, apparently. 
just bring back all the 13, 14 Liverpool players. So is, when uh, when Brendan Rodgers gets sacked by Leicester, when they allowed Tottenham to beat them with 94 minutes on the clock, where they were up 2-1, then lose 3-2. When Brendan Rodgers gets sacked and becomes the number two to Steven Gerrard at Aston Villa, Jamie Carragher signs on. They're going to have Suarez there. They're going to bring Coutinho there. What's next? They're going to bring uh, Pepe Reina back. Uh, Daniel Lager is going to come back. Uh, uh, Jose Enrique is going to come back. I mean, for fuck's sake. Glenn hey, is going to come back as well. I'm fine with that. I love that. That season was great. I love the 13-14 Premier League season. He slipped on his fucking arse. He gave it to Dembaba. Steve Gerrard, Gerrard. Terribly sorry. I don't know what came over me that I was making fun of my friend and colleague, Stephen Gerrard. Hopefully he'll come back on the podcast. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. He might be a little busy though. He might be a little busy though coming up with the tactical game plans right now. So maybe, maybe he doesn't, he's not listening. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if I asked Leon Dreisaitl that question, I'm sure I would get a very different reaction. A much, much more, uh, much different reaction that probably will not have as many laughs. Well, I mean, I laugh. Uh, it was a funny. It was a funny video. Oh, it was quite hysterical. But Leon Dreisaitl did not find it quite humorous one bit. No, he did not. But then, but then again, he 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 does not strike me as the kind of guy that likes to have a nice little uh, kickabout or a nice little chuckle. No, well, watch what you're saying. That's, that's the third best player in the NHL you're talking about. Well, the third best player in the NHL does not look like that. He is a very um, uh, chipper sort of guy. Same thing with Connor McDavid. Same thing with Connor McDavid. I don't see Connor McDavid going out there, you know, looking to go to a comedy club any, anytime soon. Like I do maybe with uh, with Ovechkin. Ovechkin, oh, Alex Ovechkin, I could genuinely believe. If someone were to say to me that Alex Ovechkin is a funny guy, I would believe it. I would legitimately believe it. Well, yeah, most pictures I see of Alex Ovechkin are of him smiling. Yeah, he looks a very, very happy chill sort of guy chill sort of guy even even to an extent i know i'm going to take some heat for this when i say it but even to an extent Sidney crosby i fucking knew it we've been doing this podcast for too long i fucking knew you were going to say Sidney crosby yeah as soon as you said i'm going to take some heat for this i'm like he's going to mention Sidney crosby i was thinking the same thing like don't get me wrong he's an absolute bitch when he's on the ice don't get me wrong he, he's a little pansy but off the ice, like if I like, I think he'd be the kind of guy where I'd be like, yeah, I'd ha- I want to have a beer with him. And I think I'd want to have a beer with Crosby. Yeah, I don't know. Hockey players nowadays, it seems like a lot of them are just kind of a lot of the really good ones are just boring. They're boring. I don't know. Very dry. They are dry. Austin Very Matthews dry. is really interesting sometimes, but like in a press conference, he's very dry. John Tavares is very dry. Adam Fox is very dry. Yes, but he is he's great. Adam Fox is like the Sahara. Yeah. There is there there is no moistness there. There is no there is no humor with Adam Fox. It's just one level all the time. But Adam Fox he 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 he, he he's incredible. He he's incredible. Love him. Absolutely yeah. love him. Inject inject all of Adam Fox into my veins. Pretty pleasing, thank you. But you have to the the comic relief the co- the comic balancing of 
Igor Shosturkin and Mika and Chris Kreider really helps narrow that helps you know weed out the dryness. Well, not many could be uh, could be penetiers to the soul like Artemi Panarin is. That's true. I mean that man. Ugh. I want to put that dog. I want to pet his him. dog at least once. I want to play with his dog at least once. Mr. Ritzy. Oh, so great. I'll tell you what, you can play with the dog and I'll go outside and have a nice conversation. With Artemi Panarin. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, we can make that trade. If you need to sit her, if you need to sit her for the dog, even better. If you need to puppy sit her, you could puppy sit and then me and Artemi can go have a nice day out. That doesn't sound, I mean, okay, sure. You said you wanted to see the dog. So I'm giving you the opportunity. <laughs> I, I do want to see the dog. Perfect. Perfect. You can have a nice afternoon with the dog. Fantastic. Okay, so let's get into this. This is basically a shameless plug for yourself and your writing. No, Adam, why would you be so cynical? Oh, oh, speaking of, Ryan Reeve just scored his first goal with the Rangers. Oh, it's beautiful. I love him. I love the man. I absolutely adore the man. God, God bless Ryan Reeves. Unbelievable. He's, he's just incredible. He honestly, he could skate eight minutes a night. No goals, no assists. I I could fucking care less with what he does. I could fucking care less. The man is just a godsend. Bless him. Bless him and his beautiful, beautiful heart. You know what that goal Without even seeing it, you know what I think that goal was by Ryan Reeves? I think it was a snipe from the point. I'm just going to guess that. If Ryan Reeves ripped one from the fucking point, you might need to call might need to call the ambulance for me. I'm just letting you know. Well, it was probably like a tip-in or something like that. Um, I, I have to I have to find this out. I had, to, I had to find out this 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 key bit of information because this this is this is DEFCON five levels of urgent. Wow, what a moment! What a moment! What a moment! Uh, so yes, yes, Adam, this is definitely not a shameless plug for me and my writing, TalkingPointSports.com. Um, just search up my name, Edwardsall, and you'll get everything that there is to see about um, me and everything that I've written so far. Um, not a shameless plug. Not a shameless plug. I'm, I, Adam, I, I'm just a company man. Well, that is very evident. I, I am. I am a company man. Oh my god! You know who got the secondary assist on that goal? Are you going to say? Are you going to say Greg McKegg? Yeah. You might need to call an ambulance for me. Adam Fox got the primary. Oh, Adam Fox got the primary. Yeah. Oh, let's go. Let's let's go. It's 15 bucks in the bag. Let's go. Let's go. Let's just see it. Let's go. Way to be Adam Fox. Love to see it. Bet him, bet him on the over uh over half a point tonight. Love to see it. That's that that's good shit, Adam. Yeah, by the way, that power play goal by Mitch Marner that he scored was probably like the first one. I think it was like the first one in forever, in like a really, 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 really long time. What that we've allowed or that they scored? That Mitch, Mar- Mitch Marner has scored. Oh, Mitch Marner has himself. Scored. Oh, fuck him. Of course, it comes against my beloved New York Rangers. Fuck him. 
truly, I truly despise that. Okay, so I can I see the goal from Shayna. She's great, uh, Shayna Goldman of the Athletic. Uh, so basically, Greg McKegg passed it to Ryan Reeves from the boards, and then Ryan Reeves just just uh, hit a snap shot into high blocker side. Love that. Love that. My guy. My guy, Ryan Reeves. Yep. Okay. Give him a Barker Goodrow contract, will you? Oh, boy. You know, a couple of years ago, actually, I said that I wanted Ryan Reeves on the Rangers, and I had no idea that this is what was going to happen. You're a fucking sorcerer. David Johnson, Deshaun Watson, now Ryan Reeves. You're, you're just a fucking sorcerer, Adam. I didn't predict that. You're a doctor and what you're a sorcerer. With- I didn't predict the other stuff that happened with Deshaun Watson. I just said that he wasn't going to be good. There's a difference. Fair. Okay, fair. Good point. Good point. All right, I'll give you that one. Nobody can predict that. No, no. Nobody can predict legal troubles. No. But anyway, so, yeah, these are your top 50 overall half PPR rankings, and we're going to go through them. Yeah, we're not going to go through all of them necessarily. Because uh, you can find them on, on yeah, we're gonna hit on some, sports. Some key, yeah, some some key ones. Uh, but again, yes, the the whole list you can find on talkingpointsports.com. Put the link in the in the uh, description. I'll put the link in the description. Good call, Adam. Yeah, that is that is radio professional level work. That is you are a company man. I don't even work there. You work here. That's what matters. <laughs> Yes. So as I'm scrolling through this list, right off the top. Mm-hmm. So there are a couple of little positional battles here as far as you have players that are at the same position. They're close together. There are a couple that I want to mention. Uh, 23 and 24, David Montgomery over Aaron Jones. And then 24 and 25. C.D. Lamb over D.K. Metcalf. Hmm. And um, I think I know which one you're going to you're going to point out. I think I do. There was something. uh, Oh. No. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay, I thought there may have been one more. So then I'll uh, I'll bring it. I'll bring it up after. Uh, so who do you want me to start with? You want to start, you want me to start with uh, Aaron Jones or you want me to start with um, Montgomery? Um, start with Montgomery. So with, with Montgomery, and he, he, I'll do, like, I could kind of talk about the two of them together. Do I think Aaron Jones is in the better offense? Yes, I, I, I do. And I think it all, of course, predicates on Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay, which, I mean, I checked up on this over the weekend. And it has not really changed that it looks like Aaron Rodgers is going to remain a member of the Green Bay Packers. So good for Aaron Jones, good for Devontae Adams, who, by the way, I do have as my number one receiver, number five overall over Cooper Cup, who is my number six overall player. So the, the, the difference that I have between Montgomery and Jones is I just find it that Montgomery is going to have an easier time 
to register touches because we saw at the end of the year, whether it was because of health, whether it because of, of strategy, whether it's because they wanted to get more of the ball to AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones was not getting the ball as consistently towards the end of the year. And that was a, that's a big problem that if you have a guy that's not going to get the ball as much as maybe he should, or as you would expect him to, then that's a guy that you're going to have issues starting every every single week versus Montgomery. Listen, were, were the performances pretty from David Montgomery? No, no, they were not pretty. He was a part of a terrible Chicago Bears offense. They are tearing the whole thing down. And who knows what the Chicago Bears team is going to look like next year, whether it'll be competitive or not. Who knows? It's going to really depend on for Montgomery, because he can move in a couple directions. He can move up. He can move down. He's in a very volatile spot because of what the new coaching staff is going to be, who's going to go in there, what their whole philosophy is going to look like. My guess is that it's going to be a bit of Montgomery being the main ball toter with Herbert in there. And I I do believe that they're probably going to draft a running back just to like have, so the, the, the coaching staff will have their guy on the roster. So you could be looking at two, three running backs that could get some work there versus Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. You know, it's like a 60, 40 split at this moment in time. So I find them really, really similar. I went back and forth on who to rank higher and, and my projections just had Montgomery a little bit higher than Aaron Jones, given the, the touchdown upside that Montgomery is going to have, you know, he's going to be the goal line guy versus Aaron Jones who they were, he was, he was seeding goal line touches to, uh, to AJ Dillon a bit at the end of the year, but he still got his. So they're very, very similar, but I'm just going to be very curious to see what that coaching staff is, who, who it is and whether or not they bring in anybody else to, uh, to compete for anything with uh, Montgomery. So they're very similar. They're very, very, very similar. Um, but I think Montgomery is kind of on the, on the up, whereas Aaron Jones might be, uh, I don't even want to say on the way down, he may just be kind of like plateauing. Yeah. Well, I mean, not only is it a new coaching staff for the bears, it's also a new GM because Ryan Pace also got fired. Yep. It's so after it's the a whole new front office. Yeah. And I kind of see your point, but it seemed like when you were talking about Dave Montgomery, it almost made me want Aaron Jones, like it almost made me want to rank Aaron Jones higher because it's like you have all of the all of that uh, volatility with the with the front office of the coaching staff, and you have Khalil Herbert, and potentially if the Bears draft a guy um, in the later rounds or even in the earlier rounds, if they don't think that David Montgomery is the answer, and the fact that the offense was just so bad for the Bears at points last season. Um, I, I like the consistency with Aaron Jones, although the point that you made about goal line touches does give me pause. And that is probably, I can assume, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that's probably why you ranked Montgomery ahead of Jones, just because of that. Really, that goal line touch issue was kind of like the, the tipping point. In Montgomery's favor. So from week eight onward for Aaron Jones, he had one rushing touchdown for the rest of the year. He had two receiving wow. touchdowns. So 
weeks 9, week 10, 12, 14, 15, 16, 17. He had three touchdowns. That's not great. No, it is not. It's not great. And he was he was definitely splitting with with AJ Dillon. Now, the point that you made with with Montgomery is part of why I said it, it he's vol- in a volatile spot because the coaching staff is not going to be tied to Montgomery. If they like Montgomery, which I think they I think they're going to. I think Montgomery is the guy that you probably are like one of the stone cold locks that you build this offense around with uh, with Chicago. We said that about James Robinson. Look what happened there. Yep, we did say it on James Robinson. That that is that is a good point. Um, but I would hope they're not gonna they're not gonna hire Urban Meyer. Um, but I think it really just depends on who else who else is there. And then you also have to factor in the in Tariq Cohen. You know, does Tariq Cohen come back? Now, honest, I'm going to be very honest, and I've asked around about about Cohen. Uh, that one is just that, that's a mystery to just about everybody. It looked like that he was going to come back at some point, and then it just didn't happen. So, who knows? Who knows there? Um, but again, he he kind of Montgomery is in a very very interesting spot. And he's kind of in that range for me of volatile options. It's, it, I got to say, it's a little dicey By in the, way, the middle round of running backs this year. Go ahead. So since week nine, David Montgomery only scored four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was no better. Yeah. Granted, granted, he was also in a god-awful offense. So granted, he, also, also he scored two touchdowns in fantasy championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that helps. Yes. Yeah. It, it most, it most certainly does. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how you feel, Adam. I mean, if you wanted to refer to, um, to my list here, you absolutely can, but I just had a really hard time with the running backs after Nick Chubb at RB 11. Like you're looking at Gibson, RB12, Montgomery, uh, Aaron Jones, Cam Akers, RB14, Zeke, RB15, Saquon, uh, Leonard Fournette, RB17, Elijah Mitchell, RB18, J.K. Dobbins, RB19, James Conner, RB20, Damian Harris, RB21. To me, those are all super, super volatile options. And I know pe- there are going to be people that are listening to this that are going to say, why do you have Leonard Fournette ranked? So low, right, right behind Zeke, right behind Barkley. Uh, the answer for me, quite frankly, is it comes down to the future of Tom Brady. And I ranked him a bit more conservatively. I also ranked him for the fact that he's a free agent this offseason. So he may not be back in Tampa. We, we don't know. It, it really just comes down to, uh, to if he resigns there or not. And then it also depends on the future of Tom Brady. If he resigns in Tampa and Tom Brady does not return, then we don't know what the Tampa offense is going to look like. We have, we have no idea. But if he goes back to Tampa and Tom Brady's back there, Fournette will probably be – I could definitely see him above Barkley. I can definitely see him above Zeke. I could probably see him above Akers and, uh, and Aaron Jones as well. Yeah, K-Makers actually looked pretty good, you know, in that playoff game. On Monday, 
Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did. And for a guy that's six months removed from Achilles, Achilles surgery, I mean, holy shit. Good for him. I know. That's crazy. But yeah, this entire running back position, I think I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. After Nick Chubb at, 11, at RB11, in as far as your rankings are concerned, like all these running backs are really volatile are like kind of like they all have question marks surrounding them. Even the two guys that you didn't mention, uh, Josh Jacobs and Clyde Edwards Hilaire at 49 and 50, you know, RB22 and RB23 respectively. There's so many questions surrounding these guys. And like, I think Clyde is probably low for me just because of the offense that he's in. And I mean, maybe that's just kind of like injuries because he has been banged up uh his first two years in the league but he actually has looked pretty solid this year i'm surprised that he is as low as he is yeah he 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 was solid he was solid no doubt i just think there are better options that are that are ahead of him and there are guys that i think have more touchdown upside than uh than clyde does at least on a more consistent basis than uh, than clyde edwards alaire does like i think i would trust damian harris and james connor a bit more in terms of red zone efficiency than I would with uh, with Clyde. Even though, even though I'm not, I'm not going to discount Clyde in his um, his touchdown uh, pedigree this year. I believe he had six total touchdowns this year, which is which is solid for him. I believe he had five last year, so it's it's an improvement. But you know, we're talking about James Conner, Damian Harris, that had double digit touchdowns this year. So I, I just like that that bruiser style running back a bit more versus the versus the not bruiser, I guess, I guess sort of guy. If, if that, if that's the way you want, you want to describe uh, the stereotypical, Clyde. the stereotypical change of pace back. I mean, that the was like typical change of pace back. Yes. Basically every single guy that looked a little bit like Darren Sproles, people were like, he's a change of pace back. He's not a big bruising guy. Like, uh, like a Sean Alexander or a Marshawn Lynch or a Curtis Martin. No, those are those guys are change of pace backs. They'll never they don't have the 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 willpower, the the muscle mass to withstand being the lead guy. I think a guy that he kind of reminds me of a little bit. I'm not gonna say that that he's exactly like him. He does not have the elite pass catching upside that this running back does, but he reminds me a lot of like a Darren Sproles. That sort of style. Minus, of course, like I said, the elite catching upside. And also the special teams ability. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Darren Sproles was an unbelievable special teams player. Underrated, underrated special teams player as well. Good, good, good call, Adam. Yeah, but I totally understand because it seems like those goal line touches were mm-hmm. going to Darrell Williams. And it, feel, and it felt like when Clyde was out, Darrell Williams was, you, you could be confused and say, wait, was Darrell Williams the guy that they drafted in the first round, or was it Clyde? Right. right. And Darrell Williams, to me, and I know we talked about it on the podcast multiple times throughout the year, I think we both said it, that Darrell Williams was probably a, a better fit for that offense and what they wanted to do more so than Clyde. I mean, yeah, am I, I, mean, I wrong I, in saying that? I, I feel like we talked about that. I, I know we have. We We did. We have. I mean, especially since we had both Clyde and Darrell Williams on our team in the co-own. So we had to deal with that. We had first-hand experience of that uh, tandem. 
Sadly. Yeah. yeah. Sadly. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, all right. You want to move on to uh, CD and DK? Yes. Okay. So this, this one was a bit trickier. Again, I think this is like, it's almost a victim of circumstance for DK Metcalf because of the uh, rumors surrounding Russell Wilson. And from what I have been told is that the chances that Russell Wilson departs Seattle are quite good, that there is the potential that Seattle tears it down. And step one of that teardown would be to trade away Russell Wilson and get pieces for him back. That's the case. And, you know, it really depends on who's throwing DK the ball. Yeah. If, well, it, we can also just loop- say Gino's going to be the guy. And God, I hope they don't do that. But how dare you even say that? I forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. Um, listen, but, I had a perfect passer rating once, but listen, let's not give the guy the starting job here. No, but you, but, but you know what? I think for anybody that has that would have DK, if you're a key, uh, DK and a keeper or, or in a dynasty, and they say tomorrow, hey, we just traded Russell Wilson, Geno Smith is going to be our starter. Those dynasty managers and those keeper managers are going to be celebrating all throughout the town. Because DK put up his best numbers this year with Geno Smith, not Russell Wilson. It's because Geno only threw to DK Metcalf. If you Correct. have Tyler Lockett, then you'd be like... He's six-foot behemoth. I'm I aware. Throw to DK Metcalf. I'm aware. He's uh, lovely. I love him. I was also going to say, as an addition to this, you can also throw in Deontay Johnson. And Deontay Johnson is kind of in a similar situation to DK where you know you have this question mark at quarterback i mean it's more known and more immediate because we don't know for certain if russell wilson is going to be out of seattle and we know for certain that big ben is retiring so i mean why do you still have deontay johnson as high as you do um, as a kind of a side question Partially because I think it won't matter who the quarterback is. I think Deontay Johnson is still going to be good. Um, put it this way. I mean, no quarterback can be worse than what Big Ben was this year. I mean, I highly doubt it could get much worse than that. Um, you know, no disrespect towards Ben, but yeah, he was, it was, uh, it was quitting time for, uh, for Big Ben. It just became uh, apparently obvious there uh, towards the end. If it does mean anything, I guess this is this is one of the, the the parts where I think we should have pointed this out at the beginning, and I apologize that that I didn't. Uh, these ranks are in half. It's it's the best way to do ranks for me because it's, it's the it's the median between full and non. So the easiest way for me to do ranks for widespread consumption is is in half, and uh, if you just look on talking point sports throughout the off season. I'll be doing stuff for, for non PPR. I'll be doing stuff for PPR as well. But for these first batch of ranks are strictly half PPR where I have Deontay Johnson lower than DK Metcalf and CD lamb in full. I have Deontay Johnson above DK Metcalf, but I still, I do have him below uh, CD lamb. And it just comes down to the fact that he he's the go-to possession receiver for Pittsburgh. And I don't think it's going to matter who the quarterback is. I think, I think if anything, they could only upgrade quite honestly. And 
from what I understand, going back to the Russell Wilson conversation, that Pittsburgh could be a spot for Russell Wilson. And if Russell Wilson goes in there, Russell Wilson with Deontay Johnson, I mean, that would be a good, that would be a great spot for him. Russell Wilson with Najee Harris, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Juju. Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth, if Juju comes back because he's on a one-year deal. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, that that would be really, really solid. That would be a great spot. And then that defense behind him as well, the AFC, which is much nicer and much easier to navigate than the NFC is. I mean, the spot makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. For, uh, for Russ, but, and then with CD, he, I, I will admit it was very, these three were very tough to differentiate. I just think CD is going to be in the better offense. I think the only thing for CD, if we're looking at all the potential outcomes for what happens in the off season with Dallas, it only gets better for CD because if they decide that they want to cut Amari Cooper, they save $16 million in cap space. And right then and there, you're creating 90-plus targets for C.D. Lamb. That could be spread out throughout the offense. Uh, Michael Gallup is expected to miss a chunk of the year. So, boom, there's additional targets there. You're probably going to have Cedric Wilson leaving in the offseason. And then it leaves now the opportunity for Dallas if they wanted to go draft the receiver again. They can go draft the receiver again. And, you know, I don't know if they do. I think it really depends on what happens with Cooper. But again, there really isn't much that can happen with this Dallas offense. And, and this is also including if Kellen Moore is hired as a head coach. There isn't much that can happen with this Dallas offense this offseason that would directly impact C.D. Lamb in a negative way. Yeah, I think that it would be interesting to see, I mean, as I just to latch on to this side tangent about the Cowboys off, se- off season and the this the uh, receivers and all the weapons. I oh, need- I am trying to not talk about the Cowboys for the next 12 hours. <laughs> I understand. Because I can. And you know it. I do. But I feel I feel like the Cowboys wouldn't look at cutting Amari Cooper, even though it does save them cap space, just because if they're, oh, they're gonna- projected over the cap right now, they, they, they have to do something. Yeah, well, well Cedric Wilson's going to leave a set, a, a, apparently. Oh, uh, he's Dalton, on no money, Cedric Wilson. He's on next to no money. Dalton Schultz is also on like next to no money. They're probably, if there's anybody they're going to cut, it's probably going to be Blake Jarwin. Yeah, and I, I wonder what Blake Jarwin's dead cap number is. That's why we have, that's why we have the dual monitor, Adam. We could, we could look it up. We could look it up in the blink of an eye. So because, Blake, so Blake yeah. Jarwin. No, I don't want to subscribe to the uh, Spot Track newsletter. By the way, go check out Spot Track. That's what we are uh, using for all the cap numbers. Shout out Spot Track. So the dead cap for Blake Jarwin, if they wanted to cut him, is it would be a million dollar cap hit if they wanted to cut him before he's a free agent in 2024. I mean, honestly, it's a, it's a one-year deal at this point for, for Jarwin. So I don't, I don't really know if it makes sense for Dallas to cut Jarwin when they probably are going to lose Dalton Schultz. 
Yeah, well, obviously halfway halfway through that sentence, I was like, yeah, they are going to lose Dalton Schultz. He's going to sign Dalton Schultz to get signed with the Jets. So I guess they need to have somebody. I mean, normally, normally I would tell you you're out of your mind, but it makes a lot of sense. It's a lot of sense for Dalton Schultz to go to the Jets. He'd be, he, I tell you, he'd be a favorite target of Zach Wilson. I, I, I love Dalton Schultz. I By the absolutely way, do you love know, him. Do you know where Dalton Schultz is from? Uh, I know he went to Stanford. I know that, but I don't know where he's from. He's from Utah. He's from like 20 minutes from me. Is he really? Well, not like maybe less than 20 minutes from me. But I, he's did from know, Utah. I did not know he was from Utah. Yep. Huh. Interesting. Shout out Utah. We love Utah. He's from Sandy, Utah. Sandy, Utah. Shout out Sandy. Great place. July 11th, 1996. We're the same age. We are the same age as Dalton Schultz. Oh, God. What was his birthday? July 11th. Oh, my God. I'm not, I'm not even a month older You're than old- you were older than Dalton Schultz. He's oh um, fuck. He's a month and nine days older than me. Oh fuck it hell. That's that's a oh god. That's a that's a disturbing image. I'm reminded of my mortality every day. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I mean, that's kind of it for that little uh, section here. One thing that's really interesting, and I think it's it's just funny because of how great he's been, Debo Samuel. This whole, I mean, geez. Comes full fucking circle, doesn't it? I, I, I will go and preface this first, okay? When we do in May and June, if we're still, if we're still here, if we're still here, who knows? Make it. We need to make it blown up by an asteroid by then. Who knows? I know. Power of positivity. <laughs> but Mr. Optimist over here. Uh, that's me. That's me. Uh, Optimist Prime. So if we get to the bus shows and everything that we do, and we're going to have candidates for who's going to be the biggest bust, Debo Samuel is going to be top of that list for me. Top of that list. i tell you why. It comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo. If Jimmy Garoppolo stays in San Francisco, which I think they should keep him for another year, because Trey Lance does he no, he's not ready. He is well, not they, ready. And they knew that Trey Lance is going to be a project. Oh, oh, he's a bigger project than I think anybody expected. I mean, we we all were saying it. I mean, I know, I know uh we had said it on multiple occasions. I know Jake and I had said it that Trey Lance was a Project times five. Turns out that Trey Lance is a project times 10. So it's going to take a lot for that to, you know, to, to simmer. It might take a year or two more on top of what they have. So I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to bring back Garoppolo for a year. But the problem is, is that I just think there's going to be a team out there. Think of, Think of maybe, and this is one that, that I've just kind of connected the dots on my own. I have not heard that this is like a landing spot for him or anything. But I think of like the Giants 
think the Giants make a lot of sense for someone like Garoppolo, especially if there's a new coach in there that doesn't really want Daniel Jones. And but that that fifth year option on, on Daniel Jones is just fucking killer. Because now it's like you have a new administration that's coming in that now has to like hold someone that really, I mean, if we're talking spade to spade, is kind of dead weight, you know, uh, really. So, you know, do they bring in Garoppolo? We'll see. But if Garoppolo stays in San Francisco, then yeah, that obviously my tone changes with, with Debo. But I just think there's going to be a team out there that probably gives him a two or three year deal. And I don't know if San Francisco is going to be in the market to be giving out a two or three year deal when they have a guy there that probably in a year or two is going to be ready to take over. Ideally. What about, I mean, also, this is also speculation, but if. Oh, we're, we we're all for speculation here. Yes. We've been talking about speculation for the last, uh, the last 40 ish minutes. Well, two teams I'm going to speculate about if Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's the domino. Here. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are the two big dominoes of the offseason. I wouldn't even call Aaron Rodgers a domino at this point. I would say, well, I Russell would say Wilson it's, it's Russell. And Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson as well. Can't forget about him. Yes. So if Russell Wilson goes to, let's say, Pittsburgh, hypothetically. Sure. sure. And let's say Carolina is like, you know, Cam Newton, see you later. Sam Darnold, why do we do that? Why do we pick up your option? Wouldn't those be two options? Seattle with a new quarterback vacancy and Carolina, would those be two options for Jimmy G? Seattle makes sense if they decide to trade uh, Russ. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. As someone that could be just a stopgap option until they find a guy that could be the, the starting quarterback. Yeah. I, I didn't even think of that one. That's a great one. That's a great one. Carolina is a tricky one because, again, like you just said, Adam, they made that silly fucking mistake to give Sam Darnold that the, the extra year on that contract. They're stuck with it. They're going to suck for another year, odds are. And I don't know if Matt Rule is going to get another opportunity. Because, I mean, he's going to be in his third year of, of that contract. And they just have kind of been at square one the entire time. Yeah, exactly. Although, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo would succeed at a team like the Giants or even like Carolina. Well, maybe Carolina because they have Christian McCaffrey and he can he can yeah, buoy I mean, some some people. But DJ the Giants, Moore, Robbie Anderson as well. Yeah, but the Giants, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that they've had terrible quarterbacks, but they've just looked so uninspired. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. They, and I don't think they're. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to fix that. No, no, Unless neither do I. They, I think they're they're better off, quite honestly, with sucking for another year, trading one of their first round picks, getting more picks in return, maybe getting an extra first round pick next year, hoping that there's another quarterback. Because th- this year, I, I I feel I feel partially partially. Tiny bit, tiny bit in, in, in this black hole of mine. I, I feel a little bad for the Giants because there was ever uh, they, they absolutely robbed Chicago blind. They got that f- first round pick for this year and the one year that you would think, oh, yeah, this might be a great year to take a quarterback. 
there are no quarterbacks that are going to be worth taking in the top 10. And they have two picks in the top 10. Now, like, like I said before, I think I may have said it last week or two weeks ago. I don't remember. Uh, Kenny Pickett will be, will be the guy for me from what I, from what I understand, from what I've seen, I've started to do my, uh, my draft research a little bit. Um, Pickett. Yeah, I, I see it. I see it with him. I mean, he doesn't have, he doesn't jump off the page in terms of having like the best tools in the world, but he's competitive. He plays hard. He's got a solid arm, makes smart throws, doesn't make a ton of mistakes, can get a little risky at times. So that's just something that they need to clean up. But again, it's, it all comes down to what I've heard with him and that it's when he gets the opportunity to open his mouth in front of, uh, in front of NFL teams, he's just going to blow them away. And Ryan Reeves just scored again. What is this world that we live in? I don't know. I do, I, I, I don't know. This world is just fucked. <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs three, the Ryan Reeves two. <laughs> are, are we fucking kidding me? Greg Kaplan of Blue Shirts Breakaway just tweeted, developing Jack Campbell has been ruled ineligible for the Vesna. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reeves, having more of an impact than Barkley Goodrow. You love to say it. You love to say it. I don't even know where to pick up from that. I mean, also, DJ Paul AD was doing the intermission for this game as well. Oh, it's a nationally televised game. That's why. Oh, fuck. Yeah, fuck TNT. Pricks. Yeah, so weird, weird shit. Um, Adam, do you want to ask me the obvious one that's on here? There's one that I'm sure you're going to you've seen or you will see, and you're going to scratch your head over, as many people probably will if they look at this list. Well... I mean, I'm not scratching my head over it because I know your thoughts on this player. I think I know who this is. Is it McCaffrey being RB7? That was the one I was talking about. We, we can't talk about McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can talk about McCaffrey. It's fine. I was, think, I was thinking along the lines of Calvin Ridley. Oh, yeah. Well, Calvin Ridley being all the way back at wide receiver 19. Well, I... I... All the way back, I think him being listed as wide receiver nineteenth might be uh, might be a shock to some people. Well, all the way back is in, in the top twenty four all. All the way back from you know where he was projected at beginning last season. Yeah, um, Ridley's a really challenging one because yeah, we all know what talent Calvin Ridley possesses. He's someone that he's really good. He's really good. And obviously, you know, he has that, um, the mental health issues. We wish him nothing but the best. And now there are reports that he could be traded away from, from Atlanta. And if he gets traded away from Atlanta, it really depends on where he goes. It really, really depends on where he goes. Cough, cough, sneeze, sneeze. Adam is going to say New York Jets, cough, cough, sneeze, sneeze. Well, I was going to say, yeah, when, you know, the Jets are rumored destination for Calvin Ridley, the only rumors I've heard are from jake basically where he's like trying to will this into existence oh yeah he's trying to will it into existence are you fucking kidding me <laughs> are you fucking kidding me yeah he's trying to will it into existence um yeah i haven't heard any concrete spots for uh for 
for Ridley. Um, I couldn't even make it up to be to be dead honest because I just think mm-hmm. right now, right now it, it's it. There's just so much. I don't mean this in a in a uh, demeaning or derogatory sort of way. But there's a lot against Ridley right now. You know, his value has never been lower. He is very much in the dark. In, as opposed to, you know, will he come back? Is he going to come back? When will he come back? We don't know if he's been doing any football stuff to the side. We we just don't know. We, we, we don't know what the situation is um, with Calvin Ridley. For, for me, the best advice that I could have for anybody that is going to potentially be targeting Calvin Ridley and we're going to talk about him throughout the, the offseason, I am sure of it that we are going to get countless mailbag questions, countless cries for help saying, please talk about Calvin Ridley and what do I do with him? If you're a dynasty manager of Calvin Ridley, a little, a little dynasty discussion. If you're a dynasty manager of Calvin Ridley, first of all, I am so sorry because this is just a disaster. Second of all, you have to hold him. You have to hold him. And I, I think that's kind of where Atlanta's position is going to be as well, that his value is has never been lower. You're not going to get what is deemed as, quote, fair value for Calvin Ridley at this moment in time. And it, Atlanta does need him. Atlanta does need him, given that he is the 1A or 1B in this offense in terms of having a primary pass catcher there. So, again, I don't think Ridley is the number one receiver in the National Football League. I think he's an elite number two receiver. I think if you were to put him in an offense where there is an already established number one guy, Ridley would thrive. By himself as number one, I think it's a little bit, a little bit of a tricky one to uh, to to dissect uh, and and really see an avenue for uh, for success. And then here's one, here's one that could be that could be a, a spot for him. And I know they have the cap space. They could do it. And I, I know what you're going to say the second that I say it. How about the Miami Dolphins? Oh, no. Makes sense. Oh, please. Please don't have – please don't make the just play Calvin Ridley and Jalen Waddle twice a year for the next five to six years. Alabama, Tua, Alabama, Waddle, Alabama, Ridley. Oh, please don't do that. Oh, please, please, please don't do that. That's not one that I've heard. Again, that's just pure off-the-cuff speculation. You know, I don't think I don't think Chris Greer is that smart to buy low on Calvin Ridley. Probably not. Probably not. Then again, I don't really know what buying low on Calvin Ridley looks like right now. Like Will the will the Falcons trade away Calvin Ridley for a third round pick? No. Is third round pick a fair price for Calvin Ridley? I don't know. Would you I really don't know? Would you take? Oh, this is hard because it's an expiring contract. I mean, if Jameson Crowder wasn't an impending free agent, would you do Jameson Crowder in a third round pick for Calvin Ridley? If I'm the Falcons, no. If I'm the Falcons, no. 
What about Crowder in a second? A bit more enticing. I mean, maybe the Jets trade Seattle's first pick, the the Seattle pick, and a player for Ridley? It's quite possible, because considering the deal that I was putting together in my bias head of mine was if the Cowboys decide to cut Amari Cooper, save $16 trade your first-round pick for Calvin Ridley, and boom, Ridley and CeeDee Lamb. I, I, I think that's perfect for him. That would be a good spot. It's a perfect situation. So you have that number one guy in CD. He can come in. He won't be susceptible to double coverages, triple coverages, things like that. And he'll have an opportunity to be on a team that'll compete. So do I, let me preface this. Do I think it's going to happen where Calvin Ridley goes to Dallas? No, I'm not willing that into existence. But is that something that it that I'm putting together in my brain? Yes. Yeah. It, it is. So there, there's the potential that it could make sense. But do I think he ends up with Dallas? Do, do I think there's a 5% chance he ends up with Dallas? No, I don't. I think Dallas's issues are way deeper than trying to trade for a uh, for a receiver that, you know, let's face it right now, is uh, not in the uh, not in football shape. Yeah, well, frankly, Dallas's issues are clock management. But uh, Dallas's Dallas's issues are uh, defensive, taking too many penalties, and having a coach that's uh, in over his head. And Aaron Rodgers was right once again. Wow, who'd have thought? Aaron Rodgers is fucking brilliant. I love the man. Okay, I want to challenge. What? By how much is Aaron Rodgers going to destroy that 49ers this weekend? You know, Aaron Rodgers always does well against the 49ers. Of course. Are you kidding me? It's his hometown team. Yeah. The team he wanted to play for. The team that, that didn't take him. Yep. Oh, my God. He gets to play them in the playoffs, too. This this is like Christmas to him. Yeah. It's been a while since they've played each other in the playoffs. Probably since like 2014 or 13. Maybe that maybe the Super Bowl year was was the last time. No, well that was 2012. Let me see. Let me see. Uh I I love this thing that my computer decides to do. Oh wait. I... It was 19. They played in the NFC Championship game. How could I forget? Did they really? Was that 2019? No. Yeah, the year the 49ers made it to the Super Bowl. The last time they did it. No way. Was that was that 2019? Sure was. I'll be damned. I'll be damned. Yeah, you are 100 percent right. I can't believe I almost forgot that. That was only two years. That was only three, almost three years ago. That's right. Well, two years ago, basically. That is right. Holy shit. I forgot all about that. Yeah. And then they played uh, 2013 when the 49ers won and 2012, the 49ers won. Yep. So, wow. All right. Well, I I, I feel slightly stunned. All right. So Uh, you want, you want, you want to talk about McCaffrey and we can, uh, we can get on out of here. Yes. Well, I was going to say, I'm going to challenge you 
when you said McCaffrey is not the most obvious thing you should know from this, because I'm going to quote the person that wrote this article who said, the first thing that jumped off the page when doing these rankings should be the position of Christian McCaffrey. That's a direct quote. It is a direct quote. Yeah. <laughs> that is a direct quote. As a direct so, quote from, from the author, whoever that schmuck is. Um, yeah. This putts. Emphasis on putts. So, and, and, and when you read the article, you'll see, you'll see uh, this explained, but I'll say it here in audio form. When I did my projections, Christian McCaffrey was my number three running back. I had him projected for 1,300 rushing yards and 750 receiving yards. I have him projected a 2,000-yard back. Why don't I have him as my number three running back? Because he cannot stay healthy. And I can't have him. This is, this is just my mental, my mental being talking. That if my ranks were based solely on projections, McCaffrey would be a top three guy. But you have to provide personal input into your ranks. And this is something that I tell people all the time when they're doing their own ranks. And I highly recommend it for, any, for anybody that is uh, wanting to know how to improve in fantasy year after year is doing your own ranks. When you're doing your ranks, you have to rely on not only statistical input, but you have to rely on feel. Those are the two most important things that you have to do when you're creating and setting your own ranks. So, yeah, you can let the numbers talk. I mean, there are people that I know that live and die by the numbers, and that's fine. That That's just the way that they do it. The way that I do it is it's half and half. I go off of the numbers, but then I provide my own sort of touch, my own sort of feel based on what I'm looking at and how I'm going to then go in and, and analyze it. And the way I analyze it is that I just don't see McCaffrey being a guy that's going to get 2000 yards because I don't think he's going to stay healthy. And at the end of the day, that's why I can't project him to be much higher than my RB seven. Now I'm not projecting injury. I'm not doing that, but I guess this is like margin of error, so to speak. If there is such well, a thing in, in, in ranks. Well, I think that there's a there's a reasonable assumption that Christian McCaffrey is going to miss a few games. While you don't want that, you have some evidence that can back that up. Mm-hmm. And I think in the last two years. Yes. In the last two years. I think I, I I remember correctly, I think the number is he's played 10 out of a possible 33 games. Yeah, something like that. That's crazy. That's absolutely 23. nonsense. 23. No, 23. 33. 33. 30, a, a possible 33 games because yeah. 16 plus 17. Yeah, 10 out of, 10 of a possible uh, 33 games. Correct. Yep. That's a lot, though. Or, or that's not a lot of, of games at all. Um, I think that to your point about doing your ranks, and I think it should just – it should be a balance because you – at the end of the day, you're the person making that decision and you have to, if the numbers say that you should draft somebody, but you don't want to draft that person, then you're, then you shouldn't do it. Because if, if you have a bad feeling about, the, about a guy, then maybe 
just steer clear from that person. But also on the other side of the coin, you just go into, sometimes that can be like this, where you're basically basing all of your decisions on anecdotal evidence. Like, oh man, I took out Alvin Kamara a couple of years ago and he fucking sucked. Or I took Matt Ryan my first year in fantasy, when I was my first year back in fantasy and he was fucking terrible for me. Fuck Alvin Kamara. But yeah. And, and then at that point I was like, you know, I'm really not crazy about Matt Ryan because of that one year that he burned me and everybody has stories like that, but you can't base your entire drafting strategy uh, on players that burned you because after, if you've been playing fantasy long enough, everybody has burned you at least once. So then you can't, so then you're just not going to draft anybody. That's true. Not true. Devontae Adams never burned me. I love him. Never. No, never. No, no. Devontae Adams has never burned me. Aaron Rodgers has never burned me. I love them. There will be a spot next year. I will take it to the fucking bank right now. I will have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in the league next year. It's going to happen. Okay. I will have my boys back together again. Because now now the stacks are 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 the new wave. As what I saw this year is that everybody was just going QB receiver stack, QB receiver stack, QB receiver stack. Me, I was I was doing that when they were in diapers. Yeah. Well, anyway, your point about uh, strategy and basing like numbers versus feel it, it was really good, really helpful. I mean, it it, it, it comes down to, and I I want to touch on something else, and, and you. You make a a, a, a a decent point, a decent point when you say, when you're talking about guys that have burned you, right? I think it depends on the high profile of the guy. Like I know for me, Alvin Kamara is a guy that has classically burned me, as, as Adam, you are well aware. Much chronicled, much chronicled. Much chronicled. Someone say recorded. De- Absolutely recorded. You can go back in time and find me yelling and hammering and hollering about Alvin Kamara. Christian McCaffrey as well. Much, much discussed. Much discussed how McCaffrey has, has, has burned me. Those are guys that I think you can easily avoid. You know, you're going to be at the top of the draft. You're going to have a whole board in front of you. That the, Those two guys, you know, if you wanted to avoid them, yeah, you absolutely can. You could go and take Najee Harris. You can go take Joe Mixon. You could take a receiver. Cool. You know, you, you, you can you can deviate. Sure. But, you know, if we're if we're looking uh, deeper down the board, you know, let's say we're looking at a uh, may, I don't know, maybe you're sitting in round eight, eight or nine. And you have Michael Thomas there. I mean, I don't know. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. I won't be taking Michael Thomas because fuck him. Burned me. But I don't know how many people are going to be at the same mindset as I in I'm willing to pass on Michael Thomas in round eight. I think that's a little different just because Michael Thomas also sat out for the entire season. Well, that's, I, think that- I, I, I think it's the whole point is – you're willing to take a chance on a guy that's burned you when it's in round eight, 
versus taking a chance on a guy that's burned you in round one. Because that guy burns you in round one again. Guess what? First time he burns you, shame on him. Second time he burns you, shame on me. I'm a fucking idiot. And not only am I a fucking idiot, I just lost my fucking league because I drafted that guy that burned me because I wanted to be cute. Versus Michael Thomas, you know, you, you draft him in round eight. He doesn't pan out. He doesn't play. You know, it's kind of like, eh, okay. I, 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 I missed on a guy that I drafted in round eight. You know, am I really going to pay the piper on it? Eh, probably not. It would have been nice to have a contributor in round eight. Sure. Is it going to come back to bite me in the ass in the long run? Maybe. Maybe. It could. It could. I don't know. But it's something that seriously is going to have significant implications. No. 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 I mean, maybe that's why you've seen guys like Saquon fall so far in drafts. I say, I say this all the time. We talk about, you know, wh- where you win your draft, where you lose your draft. You don't lose your draft in round eight. You win your draft in round eight, but you don't lose it. You lose your draft in round one and round two. Yeah. I mean, I remember one year where Gronk had like some weird injury concerns or something like that. And he fell all the way to like, you felt like the double digits, like, like late, like mid double, di- like probably like 12 rounds. Was it this year? No, it was like, I think it was maybe 2018 or 17. I'll have to go back. Maybe it was the year, the year before he retired. It might've been. Okay. So it was 2018. I'd have to see, but if that, if that was the year, he, he retired at the end of the, at the end of the 2018 season. I have to uh, check the archives and I'll get back to you. But yeah, like you have situations like that where players either have like injury histories or they have burned you before. Like a guy burns enough fantasy managers, nobody's going to want to draft him. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you this question then, and then we can, uh, we can wrap up and we can uh, get on out of here. Where are you taking McCaffrey? Where would I take McCaffrey? That's yeah. a good question. Say so you're at, oh, I'll give you some choices. You're at number five overall. Would you take him? If who's got, let's, who's let's gone say him? it's uh, Jonathan Taylor one, Henry two, Eckler three, Cook four. Would you take McCaffrey? So over Kamara, Adams, Cup, Najee. No, I don't think I would. Okay. Would you take him? Would you? Okay. Well, let's just do this. Would you rather have Dalvin Cook or would you have Christian McCaffrey? I'd rather have Dalvin Cook. Okay. As would I. Would you rather have Devontae Adams or McCaffrey? I'd rather have Devontae Adams. I would as well. Cup or McCaffrey? That's a tough one. Yeah, that's a, t- that's a tougher one. It's a very tough one. Because it's like you have two guys where they're probably not going to hit the ceiling of like where you drafted them. Because who knows if Cooper Cup, I'm kind of, you're after our conversation about Cooper Cup versus Devontae Adams. I'm kind of leaning more towards the 
there's no way the Cooper Cup's going to replicate what he did this year in 2022. He reminds me a lot of like that Michael Thomas hype that he got after the season. I mean, I'm not saying that Cup is going to end up like Michael Thomas, where Michael Thomas just falls off, just fell off a cliff. Cup will still be good. He'll, he'll still be good, but is he going to be, you know, triple crown winner good? No, no. Well, Cooper Cup has always been pretty solid ever since Sean McVay got to the Rams. He's always he's been, been a good receiver. Yeah, he's been steady, but he, this was just boom, explosion. Well, you have to bank on Robert Woods tearing his ACL again, I guess. Oh, but, but Cup was getting it done long before Woods tore his ACL. That, that I think, just brought the production to just new meteoric heights. But he was he was still getting it done way before he tore his ACL. I mean, Woods Woods was pretty much useless. I mean, I, I, we we were talking about first half of the year that Robert Woods was basically unplayable because it was just cup, 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 cup. Yeah. So back to your question. Oh fuck. Um, I'd rather a, have cup. I think I would rather have Cooper Cup just because. Uh, injuries. I just can't with. I know. My, Come out. I want. I want that ceiling. I want it, but the injuries. I can't. I can't deal with it. Kamara McCaffrey. I do Kamara. Closer for me, I would go Kamara. This this is like 50-50. Najee or McCaffrey. That one I am just so on the fence with, and I have no idea. That is tough. I think I might take McCaffrey for that, but I feel really shitty about it. I I went back and forth on that. I really did. Really did. I have Najee higher, but that one is just, the, you know, they are right in line with each other with like Najee being one step ahead right now. And then maybe tomorrow it'll be McCaffrey being one step ahead of Najee. It's like they're, they're – they're very, very, very similar with maybe them being on like different sort of trajectories. I don't, I don't really know. Um, I mean, full season from both of them. McCaffrey has the higher upside. Oh my God. I mean, I mean, yeah. Full season from anybody. Full season from anybody. McCaffrey, you've, you have a case as number one running back. Right. An overall pick. If you would guarantee me a full season. Yeah. Well, okay. So three quarter, three quarters of a season of McCaffrey. Who has the higher upside? Ooh. See, I think I'd rather have the full season of Najee. Okay, let me ask you this. The games that, that, that he's hypothetically missing, are they playoffs or are they middle of the season? See, that does change things. It changes things a lot. Well, yeah, if it's playoffs, then obviously you're taking Najee Harris because... 3-3, three, three, baby, Adam Fox. <sighs> Love that. Foxy mama. Love, love Foxy. Love him. Love him. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got you off. Okay. Uh, well, yes. Obviously, if it's playoffs, then yes, Najee Harris is the guy in that scenario. But I think in the middle of the season. It's McCaffrey. Yeah. That That's why it's so difficult. Because I think, you know, if, if you have a good enough team that, you know, if McCaffrey's gone for, for you know, he's gone for 14 weeks and your team manages to sneak into the playoffs, and you have McCaffrey for 15, 16, 17, guess what? You have a chance to win the championship. I, I, I don't care. Because you have McCaffrey, and he, he, he's just that level of cheat code. But the problem is, is that he gets hurt. <laughs> he gets hurt. 
And, you know, it's it's a tricky one. It's a really, really tricky one. And obviously we'll do more shows like this um, as the uh, as the offseason uh, goes on. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for uh, for for more uh, more rankings disputes. And. Um, and yeah, we'll be, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back next week. Jake and I will be doing a basement talk podcast that'll be out on uh, on Saturday. So uh, yeah, enjoy. Uh, oh oh, before before we before we go before we go, rapid fire, very quick. I want to get it from you, and then Jake and I are going to do it on uh, basement talk podcast. Uh, Bengals Titans, who wins? I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. Interesting. Interessante. Um, and then we'll go with the other AFC game. Chiefs and Bills. I hope the Bills get absolutely murdered. Is that nice? I want I want the Chiefs to do to the Bills what the Bills did to the Patriots. Is that nice? That's disgusting. No, it's not nice. I love Josh. Great guy. He's a handsome boy. Oh, that game, that Bills Patriots game made me feel some kind of way. I tell you what, if we get Joe Burrow and Josh Allen in an AFC championship game, my God, that is going to be just levels of handsome in an AFC championship game. Oh, that's going to be like, I'll feel guilty watching that on network television. That should be on like fucking pay per view level of sexiness. My goodness. Sexy boys. Um, no comment. Uh, where the fuck was I? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> Rams and Bucks. I don't know, Bird. You tell me. You go with the Rams, of course. Obviously, of course, of course. Because Hater. of my immense love of Stan Kroenke and nothing else. I'm just, I'm kidding. Matt Stafford. I'm I can't, Matt- I, I can't, I can't react negatively. For Stan, especially if we get if we get my man Deuce and Vlavic, then oh my god, we if we get we get Vlavic, oof, I'll come on this podcast. I won't stop singing for an hour. No, I will. Rude. And I, I want... quote, and I quote, I will take my dick out. <laughs> Please don't do that. Finally, the Niners and the Packers. Uh, I think it's going to be Green Bay. Okay, all right. And then, I want uh, Matt Stafford to win a Super Bowl. He deserves a Super Bowl. Eh, I just hate Sean McVay. God, did he, you see he that? Gets me, that? He gets me genuinely angry. I don't know why. That's really weird. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury gets me exceptionally angry. Well, that's understandable because he's kind of a dude. He's kind of a douchebag. Oh, oh, he, yeah, he's got, he's got the face of someone that I want to punch. Like truly very, very punchable face. Yeah. I feel like Cliff Kingsbury, if he didn't have Kyler Murray, that team would be so bad. I think they are bad. I honestly, I think they are bad. Well, that team wouldn't be a playoff team. That team would be picking in the top 10 without Kyler Murray. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And not much, not much is talked about in terms of how bad Kingsbury is in the second half of, of years. Like he statistically is one of the worst coaches of all time when the calendar strikes November and then onward. It's oh, truly, Tony Romo. It's, 
It's ridiculous. Oh, stop it. Tony, <laughs> Tony Romo, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure. I have to do more advanced research. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Tony Romo only sucks when the calendar turns to December and Correct. January. Correct. That, that's Tony Romo, so, I believe, sorry. has the highest QBR <laughs> in the month of November of all time. Uh, that's no. right. I, re- I remember that stat. Yes. You watch your whore mouth when talking about Tony Romo. Yes, and when you want to talk about Tony, make sure your fucking facts are straight. All right. All right. Or I'll come to Provost, Utah, and I'll kick your fucking ass. Provo, Utah. Oh, Provo, excuse me. Provo. Provo, Provo, Provo. Anyway, there was a funny graphic of the uh, Washington assistant coaches under, I think it was under Jay Gruden or under Mike Shanahan. It was, well, you you know, the the triumvirate. It was Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, and Kyle Shanahan. How crazy. They were all on the same team. Yep. All from the Jay Gruden coaching trick. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like Bill Belichick with the Browns, where he had a bunch of future coaches slash GMs. Nick Saban. Yeah. Nick Saban, Eric Mangini. Who? Scott Pioli. Who would have thought the Jay Gruden coaching tree would be more successful than the Bill Belichick coaching tree? Well, really, mind blowing more, fact of the day. Yes, it's more of the Bill Parcells coaching tree, but yeah. Mm. Bill Belichick is a member of the Bill Parcells coaching tree. Yeah, by extension. Okay, fair. Fair. The Bill Belichick tree is the Parcells tree. That that's true. That's true. Yeah. And the Parcells tree is very successful. And the Gruden tree is then part of the Marvin Lewis tree. But we're not gonna get Marvin Lewis credit for anything, are we? The, oh, Jay Gruden? Oh, well, yeah. John Gruden is... Did I say Jay or did I say John? No, you just said Gruden. Oh, 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 oh okay. okay, yeah, okay, Jay, Jay Gruden, Jay Gruden, and then John Gruden. Where did John Gruden... What is that the, the Holmgren coaching tree? Ooh, it might be a very... It might actually be it. That actually might be it. I think that's that sounds very, 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 very accurate. Yep. Yep. We think who is also part of the Bill Walsh coaching tree. Yep. That's it. He was the special assistant to 49ers quarterbacks coach Mike Holgren in 1990. Well, he also worked with Holmgren with the Packers. With the Packers. Yeah. But I'm yeah. saying before Holmgren was head coach of the Packers, he was the quarterbacks coach in San Francisco. And that's when Gruden got his. Uh, his first uh, professional. No, job. well, they were also together in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was San Francisco, yeah. then Green Bay, and then from Green Bay is when. Gotcha. Gruden went to um, Oakland. I believe. No, no, he was. He then went to Philadelphia. Oh, he went to Philadelphia. Philadelphia is the OC, and then went to uh, went to the Raiders. Andy Reid was also on that, like in the on that Packers staff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very famously. Very famously was on the Packers staff. Yep. And Doug Peterson was there too, but he was the backup quarterback. Doug Peterson. If Doug Peterson gets a, gets a head coaching job, get ready for next week's podcast. Just saying.